Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Feels kind of weird being back inside, doesn't it? Today we have a really familiar uh, gospel reading. Like so familiar that a lot of times when you begin to hear it, you just kind of go, oh, I know this one. So I can, I can go gather wool or think about my grocery list or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I want us to think for a moment about the victim in the story. Um, we actually don't know a lot about him. Uh, we know where he, he's going from Jerusalem to Jericho, so okay. Um, then we know he was beaten up and robbed and left for dead. And then we know that he was bandaged up and given oil and wine and uh, taken care of and taken to an inn. And that's it. We don't really know what the rest of the story is. We just know that much. Um, That's really it. Um, But I think there's one important thing we know about our victim in this story, who's like the center of the story. Like this, the story is about him in a way, right? Like that's the main character, if you will. Um, but we don't know anything about him. But we do know that he did nothing to earn the Samaritan's mercy. Nothing at all. Like he was probably unconscious when the Samaritan found him. So there's no way he could have done anything to earn the mercy of the Samaritan, right? Uh, he didn't do anything. He just kind of, he was the victim. Okay, so I want to put that, like, a pin in that, and I want to talk about Ephesians for a minute, our reading that uh, Reader Gregory did this morning, because sometimes Paul can be complicated with a lot of long sentences with subordinate clauses that he, you can't, it's hard to sometimes parse out, especially when you're just hearing it, what the main, who's the subject, who's the object, where the, what's the main clause, and so I want to, I want to break it down a little bit, okay? So, God... God, because of his mercy for us, and uh, while we were still dead in trespass, okay, so that's over here, but God, remember, God made us alive together with Christ, together in Christ, raised us up together, and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ. So God made us alive, raised us up, made us sit in the heavenly places. Right. The other, the, 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 those subordinate clauses are, are helpful, but, but the main point is that. Why did he do this? Well, the next phrase tells us, so that he can show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ. It's interesting, all these end with in Christ, all of these things in Christ. And Paul goes then on to say, this is how you've been saved in faith. What? <laughs> this is how you've been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Then he goes on to say, gift of God in Jesus Christ. Right? That phrase again, in Christ Jesus. Uh, And then he goes on to say, we're God's workmanship, created in Jesus Christ. There it is again. Created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God has prepared beforehand. Now I want to pause just a second here, because as a parent... I think we can all appreciate what God's doing here. God really wants his children to succeed so much that not only did he set them up for good works, then he went ahead and got them ready for you. You know, um, sometimes when I've asked my children to do something, I, I get everything ready beforehand. The rakes are there. The tarps are there. You just have to put the leaves on the tarp. That's it. That's, that's all you got to do. And, and they do a great job. They do a great job. 
But, but uh, God does the same thing here for us. Like, not only does he make, create us for these good works, then he goes ahead and gets them ready for us. Right? So that when they come along, they're already ready. All we have to do is step into them. Okay. I don't know if that actually helped or not. It helped me thinking through this Ephesians. But, um, but those three things that God did, right, in the beginning of that reading, he made us alive. He raised us up and he made us to sit in the heavenly places. All right. That order, I think, is very important. First thing, we're dead in trespasses. Before God does anything else, we're dead in trespasses. We're dead in transgressions. We're dead in our mistakes, our sins. We're dead, right? Like our victim in the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? We're just laying by the side of the road unconscious can't do anything and then God makes us alive and then he raises us up and then he gives us a seat and then he says by the way I've prepared these good works for you go and do them that order I think is really important and I think um, sometimes I don't know about you but sometimes I get it mixed up right sometimes I think something more like well first I have to get my life together I have to stop being a sinful slob. First that. And then I can go to church and be united to God in baptism and chrismation and communion. Right? But that's not what Paul is telling us here. And that's not what our Lord is telling us in the parable either. The reading from Paul, St. Paul is very clear here. Before anything else, before we can do anything else, we're made alive. We're raised up and given a seat at the heavenly table. That's already done. That's accomplished. God loves us so much that he didn't wait for us to pick ourselves up out of the ditch, brush ourselves off, bandage our own wounds, walk to the end. No, no. He just raised us up, made us alive, and and gave us a seat at the heavenly table. It's all done. It's all done through Christ's incarnation, life, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. So if this is all done, uh, now what? <laughs> right? It's all done. What do we have to do? Well, I think this is where maybe our daily kind of walk seems to conflict with what Scripture tells us and what we pray about, which is to say we don't necessarily, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but I know that I don't experience this i don't i don't have this i don't walk around you know not touching the ground and hearing the choirs of angels all the time um i i don't i don't have that kind of experience in my life and so now why not why why am i why does that not work out like that for me the answer is all of this is already accomplished but now we have to go and do the good works right Now we have to do the things. Um, Now we have to, we've been made alive in Christ. So now we have to live the life in Christ, right? We've been raised up and seated at the heavenly banquet in Christ. So now we have to take our seat at the heavenly banquet, right? That's what's expected of us. That's That's what people who have been made alive, raised up and given a seat do. And when we don't experience our lives like that, it's because we're not doing that. 
Okay, so how do I do that, <laughs> right? Um, that's all fine and good to talk in these kind of metaphors, but, but how do we do this? Um, okay, well, today is the beginning of the Nativity Fast, so it's maybe a good time to talk about how to do this, right? Um, in the Orthodox Church, you know, when we say the Nativity Fast or the Fast of Lent or the Apostles' Fast, the Domitian Fast, when we talk about those big periods of fasting, Fast is just kind of a, a shorthand for three things, really. Prayer, fasting, and alms. Right? And Christ makes it very clear in his teaching, especially uh, at the Sermon on the Mount, that these are the things. These three things are what you've got to do. These are the things that, that people who have been made alive, raised up, and given a seat do. They pray, they give alms, and they fast. Okay, the fasting part is... I think easy to at least understand. It's about the food, and, and that's okay, and, and there's maybe more nuance to it than that, and we could talk about that, but I think we're all pretty familiar with that. The, the prayer part of it, add more prayer, do more prayer. We can talk afterwards, we can talk to Father Stephen or Father Daniel or myself about what that might look like, but, but that's what the prayer part is. The alms part, I think sometimes it's really easy just to write a check to the empty stocking fund, right? And that's, or your favorite charity, whatever your charity is, and that's your giving alms. And there's nothing specifically wrong with that. But I think that our Lord has something more specific in mind when he talks about giving alms. Yes, it's about giving your possessions, your material goods, sharing them with others. Uh, but I think it's especially important to find ways to do that in a way that's personal. Um, the trick there is to do it in a way that's personal without it becoming about you, <laughs> right? Um, so giving alms can be things like, you know, serving at a, a soup kitchen or can be things like helping, uh, you know, deliver groceries to a shut-in or, or something like that. It doesn't have to be about writing a check to the empty stocking fund or whatever your favorite charity might be. Um, and this is exactly the context of our parable today. Sometimes with these parables, because they're so familiar, we kind of, like I said, we hear the, 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 oh, this is the Good Samaritan parable. And we just kind of, but there's a whole, like there's a conversation that brackets this parable. And it's actually a conversation that our Lord has several times in the gospel with a rich young ruler and a lawyer and another lawyer and a different lawyer. Um, they come to him and ask, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And in this case, he throws it back at the lawyer and says, well, what does it say in the law? And the lawyer gives the right answer, right? He says, and I'm going to have to quote, I'm sorry. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And our Lord said, yep, all right. You answered correctly. But the lawyer says, well, okay, but who's my neighbor? Because that's the key. I can, I can figure out the loving God part, he thinks. But who's my neighbor? And that's the context of our, our parable today. And then how does it end? What does our Lord ask him at the end, after he's kind of revealed the zinger of it's the Samaritan who's, the neighbor, who's being the neighbor? He asks the, uh, the lawyer, which of these three is neighbor to the one that was a victim? And the lawyer says, the one that showed mercy. The one that showed mercy. God has created us, as St. Paul said, created us for good works. 
And then he set up the good works for us to do. And now it's time to do them. Brothers and sisters, we are alive in Christ Jesus. We are raised up and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let us now walk in the good works God has prepared for us, created us to do. Go out and love your neighbor as yourself. Go out and show mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.